This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Welcome to episode 241 of the Hooniverse Pod. Yeah, it is 241. Yeah, it's 241. It's a number. It's 241. I'm pretty sure. It's it's north of 200, south of 3. Yes. Uh, we're about over a year away from 300, um, based on my very quick math. Um, uh, what's up, Chris? Oh, just the usual. Uh, working a billion hours a week. Uh, I got to bed at like... Uh, 8.30 this morning? That sounds healthy. Uh, oh, yeah. It's really good for you. As I take a sip of my beer. But beer, hey, beer's good for you. Hey, you are the man that came in with beer, and you're like, you got anything to eat? And I go, well, I have cookies, and that's it. That's true. Um, <laughs> for the record, I for the beer fans out there, I am trying uh, Elysian's Space Glow IPA. Uh, and so far, so good. Just a nice, basic, tasty IPA. So, And I am drinking um, filtered tap water with lots of ice. So if you hear the jingling... That's jingle me. jangle. Um, all right, we have a few things to talk about this week. Um, first off, I want to talk about because it is a car podcast. I want to talk about cars. Well, sure. I think that's a good direction to I go. Mean, it's a, it's it's a bold direction, but I it's drove a direction. Here in one, we own some. I I, I own a couple. <laughs> um, I have I have get this. I have two cars, but twelve wheels. Oh, nice. Uh, I didn't drive it here tonight, but I've been driving it all week. The new Jeep Wrangler. Okay. And it's really, really good. This did this have the revised facelift on it? Oh, this is a brand. This is all new. Okay. The, this is the JL. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. This completely, is, completely. Yeah. New. This okay. is the new one, and it's really, really good. And, um, and I'm shocked. I expected it to be good off road, and it is. Well, yeah, it should it's be. It's not it's even a, a Rubicon. It's a sport. Yeah. So it just has good years. It doesn't have the KO2s or any of that stuff. Um, it's really good on road. Like it's really comfortable to drive just down the road it's it it handles well enough it still is that short jeep wheelbase that you can feel right it's a two this one's a two door it's not a four door um but this one has the v6 with the eight speed automatic so it has pl- it feels very quick for what it is um is there a zf in it i believe chrysler, I mean, chrysler likes the zfs I, I, yeah chrysler uses the zf8 so it's got to be that same eight just two, which is good because know. their transmissions were dog shit for a long time yeah they, i mean they've had the zf for eight for a while so they I would assume this is the same thing, just, you know, with special tuning. Yeah. Um, it, the seats are super comfortable. The disp- the infotainment display is really nice. The gauges, there's, a, there, I mean, there's little Jeep touches everywhere like you would expect them to do. They always throw. Lots of Jeep logos strikes. and yeah. lots of grills. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hidden stuff, not so hidden stuff. Um, this thing's great. The, my only problem with it is how expensive it is. I was just going to say, it's the price, isn't it? So this is, a, again, a two-door Sport, mm-hmm. and I think the sports probably like the middle trim. Mm-hmm. It was like a base. I don't know if they still do the X or whatever it was. And then the Rubicon's the king. Um, Thirty-eight thousand as tested. That feels like a lot to me. It does, but I'm just trying to put in perspective. Like everything's like wait. Like, That's the problem. Everything's expensive. I just did yeah. a Tacoma TRD Sport review for Truck Central, and that was thirty-eight as tested. And I was like, this feels ten thousand dollars too. Fun expensive. fact: Did you know that Tacoma is the single least depreciating vehicle manufactured? I believe it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I believe uh, that. Even though they're actually quite a bit inferior to the other you, offerings. Used Tacomas are, uh, yeah, they're expensive. Yeah. Used Tacomas are expensive. There's literally no point in buying a used Tacoma. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, just some of the Toyotas and then uh, some of the Subarus, too. Strangely. Um, I believe that. Um, but the, so this, that means, so yeah, today I was at Starbucks and I finally, I hadn't seen any new JL Wranglers on the road yet. Mm-hmm. And then now that I've had this one, I've seen like five of them. And at Starbucks, I parked, some lady pulled it and parked next to me in a brand new loaded Rubicon 4 And you were in yours, right? And I was in mine. And I was just thinking, mine's 38. This one has to be 50. Yeah. That's crazy. Huntington or something? No, no. Just Lake Forest. Okay. Um, The, um, the, I couldn't imagine someone being like, yeah, I want a $50,000 Jeep Wrangler. Unless it was like an AEV converted V8 swapped pickup. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I could maybe see it. Like, if you lived in the middle of nowhere, you live in the backwoods of Vermont or something. Yeah. Like, I could see justifying it then. But, but yeah, still. But, the, I mean, it's a but lot then of, also, the at 38 for this one, it was just like, it's so good. But just, I remember when the four door Wrangler came out and everybody was like, man, all right, well, I guess there's a, like, you know, $30,000 plus Wrangler now. At least that's the way I remember it. I could be off on the pricing. Um, but I always thought like the ceiling for Wranglers was like thirty nine for the most tricked out Wrangler you could get, and this one is not even close to it. I, I, it's thirty eight. I, I share with you the shock of like, okay, that's that's a decent chunk of change, but at the same time, I'm trying to put into perspective like, what is the actual shock value? Like, what is the realistic versus like us just going? I remember twenty years yeah. ago. When, I mean, inflation's a real, real big fucking thing, right? Um, and, and it's and there's. Sorry, go ahead. We've seen a lot of inflation, like, as our life, just as adults. Right. You know? That's true. Um, but it's also, yeah, because, like, cell phones are $1,000. Um, I mean. For the top of the line, yeah. The, yeah. Um, it's just, it was just surprising. But it is, it is really good. And then you think about, if you think about what it can do, like, just right out of the box. Oh, it's, it's not uh, even the, the best one. Yeah. You could take the base one and have no issues just running trails. No, I mean that a base one now is probably ten times more capable than a super modified one was fifteen years ago. Yeah, um, I mean I'm sure there's Jeep people like, nah, you don't have the sway bars that I got and the the travel and the wheel. But like this this Jeep. But factor in like if you did do some minor suspension oh, upgrades God, and stuff yeah. like that, it'd you be go anywhere. killer. This, um, it's it's really really good. Did you speaking of Jeeps? Did you see the uh, the little Mahindra? Yeah, uh, that thing is so fucking we had cool. An, we had an in Slack argument about this because I think it makes perfect sense for the guy who just wants like a toy mm-hmm. um, and is in the I got plenty of money. I don't give a shit club. So because well, and they're not even crazy expensive. No, they're not. But the average regular side by side is so much better off-road yeah like it's not even close however my argument was like this guy's not buying he just wants in his head a brand new cj7 yeah um for to him the cost of like i know people bike i know people that own a lot of property and like i i could even see like back in, when i lived in florida like the amount of stuff that my the amount of work that my dad used to do just with the lawnmower and a cart hooked up to it um I could totally see something like this taking the place of that because, like, a side-by-side is, is you know, it's more of a toy versus I think this thing can actually take a bit of a beating as far as a work 
maybe tool. it's a work truck, but as far as like just like an off-road extra, yeah. the side-by-side is going to be king. However, this is still a Jeep with like pretty darn close to CJ7 stuff underneath. And to the guy who already has like a fifth wheel and he's going to 15 grand, this is like if you look at it as like a vintage side-by-side almost. If you think of it as yeah. like a vintage side-by-side, how many people pay 250000 for reworked Shelby Mustangs, you know, like a classic oh, I mean, we so, have friends that their entire businesses are based right. on that. So to have a $15,000 remade CJ7, I, I think it makes plenty of sense. I, I, I don't think that that's unreasonable. And, and frankly, like, if you don't want to go balls out in a side-by-side, there's an appeal to this. It's like, right. to me, this is like the next step up from your average four-wheeler. Like, it's like, I want a little more comfort, but I want something I can screw around with a little bit off-road. It's just a shame that you can't get a VIN on it and you can't register it because it's certainly no more or less dangerous than the original ones were. Yeah. Um, the, I, I bet it would, be, it would be cool to have, like, if, um, if you could go camping somewhere and then you, you could use this to yeah. run on the campground. Yeah, like that, that would be that If would it was be a cool. big enough campground. Um, now we were talking. I was talking about how good the Jeep Wrangler is. Mm-hmm. The vehicle I also have this week, which I'm surprised. I think it's stepping out of the Jeep and thinking, "Man, that's good," and jumping into this, mm-hmm. and it just feels so ponderous and oddly slow. Um, when it shouldn't. I have the a 2018, so not the new Silverado, but I have a 2018 Silverado. So mm-hmm. this is the end of the line for this. The very final. Silverado. Yeah. Um, it is an LTZ Z71 with the Centennial package, which means it has, like, special badging and colors okay. and wheels and shit. But it has the up, it's the upgraded to the 6.2-liter V8. Yeah. It feels sluggish as fuck. Like, the throttle pedal is dead. And I think part of the problem is I think this doesn't get the 10-speed yet. Uh, no, that's still the 4L80E, I believe. I think in this it. is still the 8-speed, and I hate the 8-speed. And this truck, and I, I know you... Are on the fence because you know it can be tuned better, but you had your issues with it too, didn't you? Uh, the eight speed, yeah, I'm not a giant fan of it, but it can be massively improved just with my like, just software updates can massively improve it. So, I've never driven a vehicle with that eight speed that I've enjoyed, and this Silverado is like the nail in the coffin for that gearbox for me. And I, I I'm, I've driven the 10 yeah. speed, and it's great. That, that gearbox, the 4L, you know. The old 4L60Es and the 4L80Es and all that stuff, you know, they're kind of the tried and true GM automatic transmission design right. in that they may not be um, the most reactive things in the world, but fuck, or do they take a beating? Um, and every part in the world is built for them. And a lot of like drag, a lot of pro drag racers and stuff love them. Mm. Um, when I put my foot down in that Silverado, it like there's nothing, and then yeah. then eventually after it kicks down. There's something. And that is a 6.2 liter V8 with 420 horsepower. Something I like. wonder what they may also be doing some things in terms of um, throttle response on that in, in conjunction with the eight speed issues um, that may be compounding that effect. Uh, I mean, I they're, they're certainly not above fucking things up. No, I believe it. And I mean, maybe they, they're like, hey, let's make the last year one kind of like kind of shitty so everybody's super pumped on the new one <laughs> you know that's an interesting conspiracy theory right you should take it to Infowars. yeah I, yeah uh, <laughs> no because their youtube channel is going to be shut down soon um are they really well, no they have two strikes oh, okay um if they get another strike they're done um the uh and it's sixty two thousand dollars by the way this truck 
That's a lot of money for one of those trucks. Because like, so my friend Patrick that's been working for me for the last few months, he just bought like a, a 17, a nice one with the crew cab. Um, not the big, is it the extended or the crew is the, is the really big one? Um, I don't know. I can't remember, but the <laughs> midsize one, not the right. two door, not the giant one, but the one in the middle. He bought that with four wheel drive, reasonably think, well option. Crew cab's the big one. Okay. Then the extended cab. Okay. Even the extended cabs are as big as the crew cabs right. used to be. Right. Um, but he bought one of those. And I think he paid like twenty five thousand for it, and it's not like a shitty truck by any means. It's reasonably well equipped. Mm. Um, so the price difference there is just crazy. The base on this is like fifty something. But at the same time, I remember having, I had the new F one fifty when they had first come out with the EcoBoost. Right. In this, you know, what was a reason? I think just this current generation when it first shipped. Right. Uh, the FX four package, and that was like fifty three grand too. Yeah. Um, so you can spend dumb money on all of them, right? Easily. This sixty-two thousand dollars Silverado makes me feel better about a thirty-eight thousand dollars Jeep. So that's that's for sure. Yeah, uh, that Silverado. Like, who gives a shit about the Centennial package and all that? <laughs> They're huge badges, and it adds twenty-two inch wheels too. Which I is suppose huge. it's the same guy that buys the stupid King Ranch version of something. Well, the King Ranch at least is like is pretty fucking fancy inside. Like, yeah. There's that like really nice leather they use on the King Ranches. Um, so I, I don't know. I just have I can't. I'm, this 2018 Silverado makes me very even more. It does make me more curious about yeah. the 19. What's so, uh, so now? It's funny. There's been all this pissing match now between the Ford the the guys that like the Ford trucks with the aluminum beds, right. and then GM with their carbon bed. Right. That's pretty crazy. Uh, do, do you have any sort of opinion on the matter? Um, I think I think it's very smart for them to do this on the Sierra and not the Silverado. I think they should introduce new and interesting truck tech on the Sierra yeah. and then let it eventually filter down to the Silverado to help differentiate the models so that the Sierra almost becomes like a halo truck yeah. in their truck family. And they're like, look at this crazy well, you, shit we're doing. And yeah. then five years later, the Silverado will get it. You know? Well, the, the, the little secret is, mind you, I've got family that own big, you know, fairly decent sized construction companies. You know, the construction guys that are at the top of the food chain, the, the ones that are actually doing pretty well for themselves, yeah. none of those guys are buying, like, they're not buying the high-end Chevy version of it. They're buying the high-end GMC version of yeah. it, which you can spec out a little tiny bit higher. Right. But it's like, a, it's like it's a, it's a weird status show. It goes, oh, I'm yeah, at the yeah. top of the food chain in kind of a company that's in the manual labor. No, 100%. The, the, the boss of the construction company in Texas doesn't drive an S-Class. He drives a fucking Ford F-100. No, he drives a Ford F-250 Limited that he, was $90,000. Well, here's the trick, though. They drive them when they're going to be seen with their crew. Right. The, the Mercedes is at home. They actually have the S-Class and the 7 Series at home, and that's what they drive the rest of the time. Right, right. But when they need to show that they're still an everyman, right. you know, an yeah. everyman with their $70,000 pickup. Keep going. Uh, so, yes, yes. Um, and now I am going to segue poorly. <laughs> I hey, want to call it out. For what you lack in grace, you hold up in honesty. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. I just got back from Colorado. Uh, I spoke about this last week when I did a solo episode. She didn't know that. I probably mentioned that I was going, but it was like right before I left. Yeah. Uh, Colorado to drive Kia Stingers in the snow. 
How'd that go? Fucking great. Yeah? They had... Well, I, you already got a little taste of it before in Massachusetts. Yeah, but na- but this was like a proper snow course. That was a little bit of slush. Was there a little driver had, instruction, too? Or Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I've actually driven this course before. Year In 2014, the first year this course was ever a course. Was that the Aston event? It was. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first event to use this course. So there's this... The crazy story with this, this course, it's on a piece of land outside of Crested Butte where this guy's family homesteaded it like... I don't know, 150 years ago or 200 years ago. Their last name is in Bundy, is it? No, <laughs> but he owns like the valley of Crested Butte Okay. Um, and on this part of land. And there's a river that runs through it. And because it's homesteaded, legally, if he wanted to, he could block the flow of that river and fuck everybody downriver. And there's nothing they could do, which is amazing. He doesn't do that, but I find that fascinating that there's pockets of the country where you can still do that shit. Um, oh, God. Cue like Martin Shkreli when he gets out of prison yeah. buying it. Um, so he uses the water from that river to build the track initially because the track was the same. So however they carved it the first time, mm-hmm. it's the same layout. Um, so what they do when the temperature falls enough to the point, they, they build it initially out of like eight inches of ice. And then they put snow, let the snow fall on top of that and clear it off as needed. Oh, so it gives them a nice even surface. Yeah. And yeah. And so the track was the same, which is pretty cool. Driving the Kia Stinger GT all-wheel drives on snow, and they're wearing Michelin Alpins, Mm -hmm. which were just great snow tires, it's fucking cheat mode. So with the Aston Martins, it was rear-drive V12s, you know? Yeah. Did you have studded tires on them, too? No. No. They They should have. Just snow tires. That would have been more fun. I disagree. It was way more fun because there was grip there, but there was lots of sideways, too. So with the studded tires, you would have just gripped. Which would have been impressive, but I found it so much more impressive that we didn't need the studded You ever tires. driven on studded tires? No. They're fun. Yeah? They're fun. They're super expensive, right? They are, but they just, they, you'll get on a studded tire sometimes more traction than you will on like a really good set of road tires on tarmac. Because <laughs> it's just claws grabbing? Exactly. Well, so the Kia Stinger, the why it's a bit of a cheat mode is when you're, uh, you know, I was, for the second half of the day, I was pretty much traction off. Um, and then I was rotating between sport mode and comfort mode uh, because in comfort mode, the throttle response was slightly muted, which mm-hmm. was actually better on snow. And the suspension was a little bit softer, which like kind of just let the rear end sit a little bit more, mm-hmm. which is a cheat code that nobody else knew. But I got there and I was talking to a PR guy. And in the prior wave, they, were, they had a special guest in Tommy Kendall. Mm-hmm. who raced Evos. and, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He wasn't there for our wave. Yeah, but because he's yeah. got Tommy Kendall Racing as the company that makes some parts and stuff too, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So the he told one of the PR guys, who didn't tell anybody else, but he told me, he's like, Tommy Kendall said, traction either halfway off or all the way off and in comfort mode. And I didn't tell anybody else that. Well, it probably does enough weight transfer that you can kick it out. Well, you can, you can kick it out pretty easily anyway. Yeah, but, but I mean a little pendulum effect. Yeah. You know, um, that's I, I mean, obviously that's why Porsches are so easy to slide because you get that pendulum yeah. effect. But sometimes when you get that car that's got a little bit of sway in the suspension, yeah, like it's like driving – like have you ever driven like an old cop car or like an old, an old money or something like yeah. that? Oh, yeah. And it's just like there's so much chassis roll right. that like you can just – easily just upset it like scandinavian flicking at the tiniest bit and it just gets so upset it's just right. like i don't know what to do let's right. slide <laughs> well, yes I, I agree with that the, the but the cheat mode factor comes in when and it when it senses it's a yaw based sensor i believe 
or it's a slit base sensor. But either way, it's, it can send up to 50% of the available torque to the front wheels. And it, that's cheap mode. Mm-hmm. So that pulls the nose in through the corner. You're sliding, sliding, sliding. Now torque goes to the front. And if there's grip, that's cheap mode. And in a, I mean in a good way. Like, so, so you don't you – don't, where you might think like, oh, I should lift to settle. Mm-hmm. You should push deeper onto the throttle because then the torque launches forward. Okay. So you go in, you're sliding, and then you, you purposely make it gas. slide more. Put, so more that you, Yes. So you purposely slide it further. Yes. So that the all-wheel drive system goes, oh, we got to fix some shit here. Yeah. That's okay. great. It was fucking great. And then next to the course, they set up an autocross course, which was new. I hadn't seen that before. And it was two. It was your time of two flying laps. Um, and out of like 10 to 12 journalists, only three of us were under a minute. And I was second. There you and go. the instructor said, because I, I was like, how did everybody do last week? And he's, or the wait, not last week, but the prior wave, you know, two days prior, mm-hmm. he's like, you can't really, you can't really compare because your, t- your course overall, like the big course and the autocross is slip more slippery. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really compare them because it's almost like it's a different course. But I come to find out from the PR people that the, our, the three of us who were under a minute were still faster than the people two days ago who had uh, uh, more snow on the course. So fuck them. <laughs> I just I was bummed I didn't win, and I was like four tenths or something behind the guy who won. And I felt, and he was a he was a really nice guy, but we could both drive it. It was fun. It was really hard to figure out the best way through that autocross course. Though. Yeah, because it, you come down. There's some grip on the side of this one turn where it's like a pseudo straightaway, and then you come into a really wide right that tightens up real sharp and then goes into a quick right left right before you so that's where you stomp on the throttle and pull it in you had to but you didn't want to know if you wanted to hug the cones and tuck it in or just come out wide and build up momentum in and then on some of the turns there was just ice on the inside of the corner so you had to go you had to run wide on the outside to get any traction in the snow Mm -hmm. it was pretty fucking gnarly um but it was it was uh it was fun and i'm happy if you go off is it just snowbanks um, you'd have to go on the autocross. You'd have to go pretty far off. Yeah. Um, but if you hit a cone, it was two seconds and I didn't hit a cone. So I came pretty close, but I didn't hit any cone. If you go off in the big course, you're into the snow and you're going to need to be pulled out. And I, <laughs> on one of my early laps when we finally got full course, cause in the morning they teach you sectors. Yeah. And then after lunch you go full course. Do they, uh, fit those things with tow hooks specifically for that event? They, it's very easy to access them. Okay. Like there's something in the bumper. Um, the, there's, so the main course you start, they give you the okay and you go down and it's an immediate, like hard hairpin left, which you slide way out on, but then you build tons of speed, like talking like 50, 60 miles per hour mm-hmm. into like a kinked slight, slight right, left, right, but real slight until you come into an, an uphill braking zone before that braking zone. I kept cutting the one corner too close. And then finally in one of them, I started to drift into the snowbank, and I got it out of there right at the last second. Cause I totally would have been stuck. <laughs> um, so later in the day, they're like, just take that one way wider. Like we're not, you don't need to clip that apex. Everybody, and he was saying it's everybody because everybody's trying to like clip that cone. But yeah. when you come across that cone, your nose is pointed towards the well, snowbank. Well, it's a different dynamic of driving in the snow versus oh, yeah. doing it on a track. Is like where you want to be clipping that apex like on a track when it's nice and dry. The slipping will actually, you know, 
sliding a little bit in the snow can actually get you around a little faster in cer- certain circumstances. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, slow, slow is, or smooth is fast, slow is fast, all that good stuff. And then there were some other, the final, it's, the course is wider than when I drove it for Aston Martin, which is really fun because mm-hmm. the last corner, the last two corners, you come downhill on this one section, and then it's a really wide right where you come, there's so much room mm-hmm. to come way back out towards this corner marking cone. That, that so is this just the hero huge, slidey corner? Oh yes, yeah, massive. Big, and this is probably where everybody has a view of what's well, going it's on. Funny, too. I want to call it a right, but yeah. it's a left. But you're steering right the entire time. <laughs> You've just got. That I was much about lock. to call it a right, but yeah. it's not a right. It's a left hand turn, and you are just you're. you're I, I think I went through it at one point, nearly full opposite lock, which is. Too much, um, but it's it was great. Got a little too aggressive there. Well, no, I mean, is I didn't push it farther, but if if the car comes any farther than that, I can't correct because I'm all the way over. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could with the oh, oh the my only downside with this with the car, it does not like left foot braking, and I confirmed this with the instructors. They probably cut power with they it. They 100 cut power. I I went I tried to do it in the morning, and I'm glad I tried it then, not like later on at the autocross course. I tried to do it. I was like, oh, fuck. I just, like, I've got no power. And I come in and I, I talk to one of the guys. He's like, yeah, we found that out when we were setting up the course. They don't like left foot braking. They should totally turn it back on, though, if you turn traction control off. I agree. That would be very, very Cause nice. Because you're, you're already in I'm doing dumb shit territory when you turn traction control off. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of traction control... So I keep talking, keep talking about it because I can hear you. This is a perfect chance for me to get up and pour the rest of my beer. Yes, you should. I was looking for uh, an opportunity. There you go. So I uh, so it's been raining here in LA, which is a little bit of a rarity. And I went out to uh, and and people that listen to early the smoking tire will know this name. Nino had his album release party on Saturday night. So I went over there. It was actually a pretty low key, nice event, catching up with a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time. And, uh, of course, Zach and I are just making fun of everything. Um, but uh, so we're there doing that, and I took the Fiesta out. I've never seen the traction control light on in a vehicle more than the Fiesta in the rain. It is just a constant – no, I take that back. The only one I've ever seen it on more the is – The vet. No, 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 not even close. Uh, I just turn it off. No, I was gonna say. Uh, the <laughs> only one I, see it in, I saw it in more was the Dynan M1 or 1M. Um, is it a, what is it a tire issue like just no I have grip fresh tires that thing just the way it makes power on the Fiesta it just basically spins constantly oh, it's in the so rain. low in the rev range or yeah it just for whatever reason it just likes to constantly burn through it and the traction control works reasonably well otherwise I would have not been able to drive anywhere yeah uh, it's amazing how far those things have come because I just remember how rudimentary it was. 15 years ago where it was just like uh, it was like you could almost feel something like pushing and releasing the throttle. Wow. Um, Jeez. But uh, yeah, I was surprisingly like this is the first time in a long time I've been uh, like impressed by the Fiesta and I'm like holy shit this actually worked well. <laughs> nice. Um, now into old car news. Uh, my Mercedes is supposed to come back this week. Where has it been? It's been at Leistung Auto House getting work done. Um I actually hadn't told anybody, but I went. It was done. I went and picked it up, and on the drive home, I almost didn't make it home. It was not running well. Which Mercedes? My my 280 sedan. Okay. Um, not the wagon. Um, 
I was so, going to say that's big news, but no, that would have been just driving. That would have been just turning a key would have been big news. Um, so I barely made it home. I called them. They're like, "Oh shit, um, just get it back here." So I called AAA. I didn't, wasn't going to try to drive it. Threw it on a trailer and sent it there. And um, so initially the rotor was cracked, um, and the battery was fading. Um, and while it was there, I had them do the door seals. And on the drive home, even though while it was starting to fall you know, die on me. The new door seals are fucking great. Like you have to actually swing the doors even harder to shut them because the door seals are well, so Well, it's good. that old Mercedes. Was it like new old stock parts? Um, I can't re- I think I got, no, these were the, it's a company that makes a reproduction because the actual door seals are, were like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And I was like, I'll take the one that's just like $200. Um, and he got him to fit, so that's good. Well, it's not like you're trying to do a numbers-matching car. No, fuck no. Um, Although, so, funnily enough, the numbers probably all do match. No, they do. So, um, the, so they, he comes and he's like, it's, it's, your, it's your carb. There's weird issues with your carb. I had my friend come in because I'm, I'm a fuel injection guy. They he's took like, our carb? So the car is supposed to have Zenith, a Zenith carburetor, like 90% sure. Like television Zenith? Well, I don't know if it's television Zenith. That'd be pretty amazing if it was the same. I mean, they were like a giant conglomerate at one point. I wonder. But someone at one point converted it to a Weber. Um, And my guy is an amazing Mercedes guy. He's not an amazing carb guy. And it's great when a guy can admit what he's not good at. Yeah. I I literally had a, a, a talk about that with an employee yesterday. Right. Okay. So... I hope that kid, the joys hope, of San Pedro. I hope somebody, that picked up. It probably that was probably too quiet for the mic. Somebody just dropped like a shitload of glass outside. Um, the so he's his buddy, another mechanic friend, is a, a carb guy, and they are fixing it. And I'm supposed to pick it up tomorrow, and I can't wait. Um, so it's getting the fresh carb, proper tune, the updated battery, and I'm really looking forward to driving it because I haven't. I besides that one drive where I was like, I'm on the highway. That was pretty much your daily for a while. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to cut back on the press car thing, and and I have ramped it back up because the Mercedes has been out of out of out of the garage, which sucks. Um, and I do miss it, especially with the fresh door seals. And then I, I want to get the audio system done, which is something I'm talking about. Jubal, well. Jubal, calling Jubal. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm yes, basically. Um, He's our buddy at Clarion, who uh, they also sent me a very nice prototype uh, head unit. Uh, I don't know how much I can talk about, but it's CarPlay and Android Auto. Uh, can and you is, even say that? Uh, they sell it in other markets. They do? They do. Okay. Um, it's a really badass unit, and I'm using it for development purposes right now, but it is going in the Corvette after right. after I'm done doing app development on it. And what we're going to do in the Benz is we're going to leave the Becker, and then um, Clarion is big in the Marine audio system, so mm-hmm. we're going to hide one of their Marine audio brains somewhere and run the audio control through that. Yeah, you like only need Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah, who cares? Like I, I, you know, other than I, I love CarPlay now. I really do. I've got. It I don't the, give a shit about CarPlay. Oh god! Even I've though on the Jeep it works really well. I've got it in the Fiesta, and now that I've got, I'm going to have it in the Corvette. I fucking love it. I will never own another car without it. I just hate when you get a text and that pops up, and like I hate if you do something on the phone and it changes the screen on the screen. Like I understand why it's doing it. It's essentially mirrored, so to a degree. It's here's here's why I love it so much is because. When I'm in the car, I'm always I'm 90% of the time 
driving around for business. And I'm trying to do multiple things like on my way there. Mm -hmm. So it lets me – I can text and do all kinds of little shit that normally I wouldn't be able to do. Okay. Um, God, it makes life easier for that. Okay. Uh, Uh, All right. I'm jumping to questions. Um, We only have two Patreon questions tonight, but they're the best questions. Because they're from the best These are the best questions. Patreon has the best questions. Uh, they're bigly good. Dan uh, Mosqueda. Sorry, we fired you both. Yeah. Dan Mosqueda, have you driven a Ferrari FF? Forgetting about fuel costs, could it be a good daily driver? I mean, fuel costs are probably the least concern, like repair and maintenance. Uh, I have not driven one, but it is absolutely would be a dream drive for me um, because it's essentially a Ferrari shooting brake of I sorts. love that car so much. Yep. Uh, Did you ever talk to – because Chris Harris owned one. Did you ever get to hear about it? Yeah, yeah, I talked to him about it a while. I mean, because he's—I mean, that car is long year, gone. Three or four years ago, we talked about it, and he fucking loved it. World famous Chris Harris. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Like, I Chris, mean, he was already like he was always internet famous, but now he's like famous. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, we're at points in our career now where we're seeing people become super famous. That's pretty and famous. Super wealthy. Pretty like, much just him, though. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no, I know a few people, um, but like I literally have friends now that are becoming billionaires and it's a bizarre thing to watch. That's neat. Yeah. They have doors that open like this. Uh, Ben Reif, I own a one liter Fiesta and I really need to hear it sing. Should I spend the dough for a full cat back exhaust or just place, replace the muffler with a Mag- nice magma flow or do a delete. You should definitely let it sink because I love the sound of the three-cylinder. And we would be remiss if we didn't say, yeah, go get a magma flow. Seriously, I have the magma flow set up. I mean, I have the four-cylinder, obviously. But Fiestas tend, like, four-cylinder Fiestas tend to have that zing, 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 zing noise. Mine doesn't at all. So if you don't want that zingy noise, to go with the magma flow setup because it's, it, it's, they make a really nice system. There's a reason they're as big as they are. Right. And the, the three cylinder will be like slightly inherently more oddly rumbly anyway, which, like, and if you can bring that noise out, that'd be great. And, I, and to touch back on, uh, for all of you that listened to SEMA, remember how shitty Borla was to us. <laughs> they purposely tried to ruin it for us. Nice. So, exactly. fuck those people. Right. Um, uh, Twitter questions. Roger Garbo at Roger Garbo. When is it going to stop snowing? I don't know. You're on the East Coast. Good luck. Uh, I would recommend moving the fuck out of New England. We both did it a long time ago. I think he's tri-states. Um, Either way. Patrick Montgomery at WP Montgomery. Is that the whole? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I get your whole Twitter handle. Have you ever driven a, uh, is it key or K car? I would say K, but I think I, it's key. I, I think I've actually heard it pronounced K, uh, K-I. I have never heard that. I have heard that. <laughs> I always said I always say K car. Do I say K car or key car? I can say K car. I thought it was key car. Either way, it's a cool Japanese little car. I've never driven one. I would like to drive one. I knew I know someone who owned a cappuccino, which I believe he's since sold. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. <laughs> RCR did an uh, did an AutoZam a while ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can't be believe fun. Matt was thinking about buying an AutoZam. Well, he drove that one that was like tricked out. Oh, he fell in love with it. And Zach and I had to talk to him like two weeks like, don't buy it. Don't buy it. You're going to look like somebody pulling spam out of a, Is out of a container. Do you find something comical about the size of my automobile? No. The, the, most people look ridiculous getting out of that yeah. car. It's not a slight of Matt. It's like 
No, this is not built for people that are not Japanese. No. Japanese people are smaller. Arsenal detailing at Arsenal details. Ba- this is like a real question. Yeah. Based on recent sales reports from manufacturers like Honda, in parentheses, re- referencing the Accord's abysmal sales numbers, Chevy reporting an average one Impala customer every other month per dealership. What do you see happening to the mid and full size sedan with the rise in SUV popularity? Is the new Accord not selling well, or are those numbers based on the old Accord? I don't think that it's probably. The thing hasn't been out long enough to make a judgment call. That's what on I'm it. saying because, like, the new Accord is really good. I'd be shocked. I have if it not was heard anybody poorly. say a negative word about the new Accord. No, but but he's saying yeah. referencing sales numbers. No, no, no. But I'm just saying that might that's probably a good indicator that it's going to do okay. The or the Accord's always sold a shitload, right? Um, but I believe one Impala per month, um, which is unfortunate because the Impala. There's nothing wrong with that. There's thing. nothing wrong with it, but I mean, it's a little old now. But I remember really liking it when yeah. I had it. It's a good. It's a fantastic rental car. It's a big uh, car. <laughs> what do you see happening to the mid and full size sedan with the rise in SUV? I mean, this this shit ebbs and flows. It always ebbs and flows. Gas goes up, gas goes down. I think yeah. what's gonna happen is instead of, I, I mean, there's so much crossover in body style and size now. I think I just think consumers are gonna be more focused on. This, does this vehicle fit the needs of my family and how fuel efficient is the powertrain? And I think that is becoming more of an aesthetic. So if, it, if, the, if they need the crossover, which more people think they do, and does the crossover, is it a hybrid? Uh, is it a, is it a um, battery electric? Is it like, I just, it's, we're switching away from, it's, I need a full-size sedan. That's what I need. It's more like, um, I guess I'll take... That because it's a little bit bigger than that and a little bit smaller than that. There's so much in between crossover going on that it's hard to say. I I have this, you know, and this is the thing that kills me with the American market is that it still has this vestiges from marketing in the 40s and 50s and 60s that a bigger car is always a better car. And the idea, like I used to get this this da- this woman that my dad used to live with. She always used to go, "I feel safer in a bigger car," and I'm like, "You're dumb, you're dumb because it's not any safer." Um, you know, just because you're in a larger vehicle, you know, and I'm I know I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but like just because you're in a larger vehicle does not inherently make it any safer. Right. And personally, I'd rather have a lower a CG. Yeah. So. Eh. Um, Tavarish at the real Tavarish. What will it Fuck take? Fuck that guy. Yeah, right. He's now over three hundred thousand. Freddie's doing well. He is fucking crushing. I, I have. I, we get along very. well. I sent him a note the other day, just just out of the blue. I was like, dude, it's been amazing. Um, what will it take? And it's ever since he's bought the Lambo, the numbers are just skyrocketing. So his question is, what will it take for you to buy a fire damaged exotic and make videos about it, asking for a friend? Um, <laughs> and I don't have... It depends on how fire damaged. Well, no. I also don't have Florida house. I have California condo. Yes. Um, I don't have 300,000 subscribers. Though I think he honestly bought that Lambo at 200,000 subscribers and has gained another 100,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the know-how to wrench every day. Hashtag wrench every day. Like yeah, but he's, here's the thing. is He's proving the point that I've been preaching for years is that just because it's more expensive does not mean it's any worse to work on. And as a matter of fact, if you look at the work he's been doing on the Lamborghini, I can tell right now that thing's a joy to work on. However, well, because it's new, um, but, well, ish, doesn't the, didn't he have to pull the engine and transmission to get the fuel tank, to the fuel tanks? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's, you know, 
Fuel tanks are always a bitch, dude. Fuel um, tanks may be a bad example, but I, I, I feel like he's going to run into something on this car and be like, oh, shit. Like, if there has anything, to be something. To me, if anything's going to be a hassle, it's going to, in that car, probably be all the wiring and the vacuum tubes and that thing. Yeah. He has got an uphill battle going from that crazy turbo build that's of yeah. very dubious quality. <laughs> yeah. um, that and that was a Gold Rush car. Like, I know the Gold Rush people, as you do, too. Yeah. Um, let's just say that the people that participated in that aren't always respectful of the property that oh, they own. hookers were murdered in the passenger seat. No question. Oh, there's a very good chance. Uh, there were flat brim hats. There was cocaine. Hey, 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 hey! Uh, you're, you've got a little bit of a bend. You got a little bit of a bend. I try to crease it a tiny bit. I make fun of flat bill hats and then I adjust mine mid joke. Yeah, um, but it, it just goes to prove that like they're all vehicles, and what comes down to is most German cars suck to work on, yeah. um, especially Audis. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's still a car. It's it it has an internal combustion engine with at its basic core works the same way. Mm-hmm. You just get to dive in, take your time, and go for it. Which he's doing, which is what makes it so amazing. Yep, Francois at Real Francois VDS. When will you give in and buy a Baja Bug? Hint: the steering will clear a Hemi. Um, I I think actually I have okay, every now and then I look at Baja Bugs and think it would just be a bitching thing to own as like a third vehicle. Uh, if I was going to do a super modified VW of that area, I, I'd do a thing. Thing would be cool. I feel like people are starting to hold on to those. Uh, oh, they're definitely becoming more collectible. So, like, But like, if you go down to San Diego, it rains Baja bugs. Yeah. They fall from the sky. Yeah. Uh, it's like, welcome to San Diego. Here's your flat brim and yep. here's your Baja bug. And you better like craft beer or get the fuck out. Go Padres. <laughs> Uh, and I don't mean that, go Padres. I don't give a shit about the Padres, but um, I had to specify that. I, this is how little I care about the Padres. I forgot they even existed in San Diego. Um, Facebook, David Bodenstein, no question, but I just wanted you to know that while I was driving home from San Diego with my mom, I was listening to the podcast, and then you guys talked about the Armada of Dicks. <laughs> my mom didn't even flinch as I waited to see how long that bit would go on. <laughs> That's right up there with when I when I moved my mom from Orange County to Orange County, strangely enough, from Orange County to California, Orange County, Florida, because she uh, she moved out to go help my my sister and her husband with their new twins, and um, we had podcasts on the entire time, and a lot of the podcasts I listen to are with comedians that have no compunction about going absolutely filthy, uh, and I listened to Paul Shear and Jason. Uh, What's his face from the league? Talk about dicks for a solid fifty minutes one day. Uh, it was a little awkward, but I, it was an experiment of the same nature. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Talmadge, Talmadge Elton Gardner update on two questions I asked. He asked one, and I said, "Ask it again." First, have you thought of the first car you drove that defined fast, quick? And I thought about this, and I have a, I have a an answer that I feel like is shitty, but it's as far back as my fading memory goes. So I'd driven plenty of cars that it just, it never, nothing ever really jumped out. The first one ever was a C6 Z06 where I was like, oh shit, like this is way faster than anything. It was like one of my first press cars. That's a big press car for a first, for it, an no, early It wasn't one. first, but it was like for an early third. One. Yeah. Um, it went Volkswagen, 
No, it went Infiniti G37, Volkswagen Touareg T, uh, V10 TDI, which yeah. I still think about, and then a C6 Z06. The C6 Z06 is still fast. Yes, it is. <laughs> so that was the that would probably be the one that would that like first set the bar and then fast forward many years and to this day the fastest car was like fuck is the 675 LT McLaren. But that's like yeah, that's that's stupid fast. Right. Uh, that like I've, reset I, the scale. I've driven a 650 and the 650. I mean, it's six and one half dozen the other. It's not that far off. And yeah, those cars are the 675 LT feels noticeably faster does it yes but you know what i'm saying is they're both ridiculous right but that's that's why i'm saying like that's how crazy the 675 lt is because i'd driven a handful of mclarens minus the p1 and i'm like wow the 650 is cool 675 lt you're like oh my god this is a fucking spaceship uh yeah because I, i i remember driving what was it the uh the mp4 i drove that a year after i drove the 458 mm-hmm and I was just like, oh, the 458 doesn't even feel fast after this. Yeah. Um, and now, now Ferrari's as fast as McLaren, too. So, yeah. um, But now the 720 is faster. Uh, I have a feeling that McLaren's always just going to ratchet up beyond yeah, Ferrari. Are. I mean, Ferrari's cool and all, but I don't think that they're going to beat McLaren's powertrain team. I think Chris Harris tested it on Top Gear, the 720S, against the P1. And he was like, at the same track, it was like a half a second. Yeah. Which is fucking bananas. Yeah. Um, and then his second half of his question. Second, I test drove the 2017 Camaro SS as a replacement for my C6, and it felt sluggish due to the combo of extra weight and the stock tires felt very hard compared to the Super Sports on mine. Side note, living in the South, it seems every car salesman is 280 pounds, which doesn't really help the car feel quicker. Um yeah, I don't know that. The, the, I've said before, like if you, there are people that have written in before asking about should I switch my C6 for a new Camaro, and there are refinement things in the new Camaro that are a little nicer, but the C6 is like six, seven hundred pounds lighter. Right. You know, it's a more capable chassis. It's just the the Alpha platform is easier to push harder. It's more forgiving. Yeah, I guess you, you got to really start stepping up into like the one LEs and all that shit. I think if you do the one LE or an ATSV, it'd be a different story. The SS one LE uh, is so good. Yeah, and but I always, still, ha- I always have to. I always have to specify. Asterisk. I hate Camaros, and then I always go on to talk about how good these new Camaros are. They're they're the best in their segment. They just are. Niles Rogers, which car brand? Their cars from the last decade. Offers the most for college students or people in their 20s considering reliability, style, performance. Um, honestly, right now, like Hyundai, Kia. Um, Mazda's up there, too. Mazda's way up there. Absolutely. Sorry, Jacob. Mazda's up there. Um, some of the entry-level Subarus are a good choice. Uh, I was going to say some of like the more basic Volkswagens, but you have to buy like... But yeah, they but they're nowhere like near no as, options. They're nowhere near as reliable as the other stuff you just talked about. Yeah, the I honestly, uh, Chris was right when he said Mazda. Mazda's probably the perfect choice. You know what else can be had for a song too? That's that's good for the for the price. What song? Um, I don't know. Pick one for Lexus. Uh, oh, so it's going to be these days. If it's Lexus, it's going to be something from uh, Run the Jewels. All the new commercials all are all Panther. RTJ. Um, um, but the IS200T is a good car in that price range. Uh, if you are a sorority girl with money. 
Uh, yeah, I'm thinking well, like college kids have no money. No. Don't no. go to a Lexus dealership and finance a car. Uh, Russell Turnbull, what do you think the MSRP on the new Supra will be? Um, Probably 42, 44 to oh, start with. Higher. Yeah. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying starting. I'm saying 60. Yeah. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? I, honestly, I think it'd probably be a good exercise to look at what the... So the old Supras were what? Well, the old Supras... 35 or so? You, you, no. Keep going, buddy. The old, So this is one of my favorite parts about... Um, this is like the one thing I kind of know about cars, and I don't know a lot, is sports cars killed themselves and then SUVs took over in the 90s. And it's because sports cars got colossally expensive. At the end of its life, the Supra was $50,000 in like 94 money. So think about that. Yeah. This, the the twin turbo Z thirty two. Um, well, that's what I was saying. Like fifty thousand. I, I remember my buddy's dad bought the. I think it was like the last year of the Supra. Unfortunately, 50. he got it. Unfortunately, he got it in white with a tan interior, uh, which is like the old lady version. Uh, a lot of them actually went white and tan. Yeah, a fair amount of them. Um, but anyway, uh, he had that car and he paid like thirty five, thirty six for it. Um, which probably is, uh, you know, in the low fifties these days after inflation. Well, the the fifties were the 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 turbo. Oh yeah, he had everything. Really? Because they they hit like fifty Gs. The three thousand GT, the um the, with the VR four, the the Nissan, the F even the FDR X seven was getting up there in price, and then. Everybody was like, "Fuck these expensive ass sports cars," because at the time it was colossal money. And then the Explorer came out and changed the game. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Supra landed at, I mean, forty, fifty, sixty. Who the fuck? They knows? are. Here's the thing, though: is when the Supra comes out, they better have their fucking game together because they're playing with some stiff competition, especially from GM and Ford. In that range, like you can buy a lot of Mustang or Camaro for that right. kind of money. Yeah. Uh, this is a really interesting question here from uh, Federico Barrieri. Are 40s cars underappreciated? I particularly love them. And I think I, I couldn't name one off the top of my head. And I think that's partly because nobody was making anything memorable. And I'm sure there's tons of examples. I love Buicks from that era. Well, yeah, I was going to say there's a few yeah. things. However, the problem was you think about the development cycle of a car. Cars from the 40s. We had a little war going That's on. That's exactly what I was getting at. The, yeah. So development stalled. Not stalled. It yeah. was done. We were they were basically just producing the cars from the 30s. Uh, exactly. With And then, like, Harley was like, I'm going to make a, a slick body on this one, you see? Uh, I don't know if he was the 40s or not. Uh, and I don't know 50s. if he talked that way. Who knows? No, because he's actually Californian, Harley Earl. Yeah. Um, so he just talks like a Beach Boy sings up, all the bro? time. He says, hey, bro. Uh, what's up, homie? <laughs> That's my, it. He's from East LA. Bro, you see my homies? Uh, you see my portholes? Uh, have you ever seen the sketch on SNL? It's one. Uh, uh, his humor is like you either just hate it or he's really funny. Uh, Kyle, is it Kyle Mooney? The dude with the curly hair on SNL? I don't know. I think it's his Kyle name. Mooney. Okay. Um, and they do this one. You can find it on YouTube where it's like the SoCal report. We've got to watch it after this. I have, seen, I have seen one of these Oh, before. my God. They nail SoCal culture perfectly. Yeah. Like the, their, their, the clothes they're wearing. Basically, they wear the same, like Hurley shirts and shit I wear. Yeah. Um, actually, what is this? This is no, this is Vans. Um, <laughs> six and one, no, half right? dozen of but the But there's other. one Jesus. where like a, one of the guys, um, 
Karen Till Taryn Killam Taryn Killam shows up. I find him very funny. He shows up and he's has he's like, he's like what up fools like they, like the the stuff they say is like all the people who grew up here. It's they nailed it. Um, and yeah. he shows up with his new baby who's all in Hurley gear. <laughs> I'm just dying. <laughs> he's like no babies are cool, but I can't drink or smoke. Which is fucked up and. Um, they're like, oh, why don't you put the baby down and hit this? And he's like, all right, cool. Um, like, <laughs> that is shit. very California. Uh, and I don't even remember. Oh, Harley. Oh, we were getting the Harley. I didn't yeah. even remember where we were going. We but went yes. from Harley, Harley Earl to Terran Killam. So 40s cars, I would say, are <laughs> underappreciated. Um, I'm sure there's a segment at Pebble Beach like, these are the best cars ever made. I think one of my favorite cars I've ever seen are the uh, the Buick derelicts done by Icon. Oh, well, those are Those fun. things are so dope. But in my head, isn't that more 50s or no? I'm not sure what year that car I feel is. I like that's that more one. like big. I don't care, but it's an old Buick that's badass. Right. I feel like in the 40s we were like, buy a Jeep. Support the effort. <laughs> I think Let's all the Jeeps. The I, I don't think everybody was buying them. I think they were Cars all just getting cool. shipped out. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't. I would say there's really. I don't see any current love in the collecting car world for '40s cars. And there's probably like it's probably like Jay Leno and three other guys. Yeah, I mean, ugh, excuse me. The people that wanted those cars well after their prime, they're are dead. dying. They're dead. If they're not dead. I mean, like, my grandfather would have been a guy that probably would have liked to have something like that. Yeah, like he wasn't era, a big car guy, but it'd be like, he would have liked to cruise around an old Buick or Caddy or something. Is, in, unless, like, is, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the Mullen Museum. Are, are there a lot of, did a lot of the Art Deco stuff come out in the 40s? Because if that's the case, then there's some love That's more that. 30s. Is that 30s? Yeah, that, Art Deco's more 20s and 30s. Yeah, 20s and 30s, that makes sense. Um, the car's, like... That inspired Metropolis, the movie. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> the very first science fiction film. Um, the so yeah, I think it is underappreciated. I cannot think of a car from the forties. I'm like, oh, but what about that one? There's probably some race cars, but I can't think of those. I've got nothing from the, the Mercedes 40s. race cars from that era. Are dope. Of course, they were also evil. What that? But they're post evil. They're post evil at that point. Yeah. I, I just love that they were silver They're because almost they post evil. Uh, there was still. Uh. <laughs> when, did, when did the war end? Nineteen forty-five. Uh, December seventh. Was that Pearl Harbor? Nineteen forty-five. God, I feel terrible that I don't know this. Yeah, it was a long time ago. December seventh, nineteen forty-five. Right? Internet, please. Just we've got people shame screaming at us right now. If I don't now. know, because I'm, I'm not going to look it up because I should know this. Um, yeah, let's, as an let's adult pretend it's American. Like, let's pretend it's nineteen ninety-five and we don't have smartphones. I went to public school though. As did I. It, or the 13th. 7th or the 13th. I'm convinced that it's 1945. I, either way. Uh, I'm looking it up because, fuck it, we do have smartphones here. Oh, and I just remembered I have a, another segment. So we w- normally wouldn't have to rant like this. I just thought of another. I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem I wrote ranting. another segment down. Um, but let me just look this up first because oh, I'm typing in December. That's not a good thing. That's No, December is going to have a lot of different Harbor, things. Harbor, Attack on Pearl Harbor, Wikipedia, Coming up, here we go. It was December seventh, nineteen forty-one. So I was way off. On yeah, the year. because we got into the war forty-one, forty-two. Because well, before- now you know, because I just fucking said it. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I thought you were talking. You said the end of World War Two. I one did point. say that at forty-five. I did say the end of world of World War Two. Yes, because we did that because for about five years before that, we're like, huh. So they're killing people. So I was right about the, the all right the uh, the. So I was right about. The month and day, and then for the end of the war, I was right about the year. 
So that, all right, so I'm not a, a total fucking loser. Um, close, though. Um, yeah, right. that was, you know, it, it took them hitting us before we, before we stopped being ambivalent. Right. You yes. Know? yes, 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 that's true. A uh, couple quick list of cars I have coming up. I have the Range Rover Velar. The Velar. That's... That, oh which God. is really good, actually. It, it, it's horribly named, though. Wait... I hope I have it over the course of when we're doing a podcast so you can see the interior. So, spe- it's fucking amazing. Villar is also the real last name of Los Angeles' former mayor. It was not actually Via Ragosa. No, he split his last name with his wife. Yeah. They, yeah, I know that stuff. Yeah. Uh, then the uh, Julia Quadrifolio, and then the Trackhawk, and then the McLaren 570 Spider. The Julia Quadrifolio will be dope if it stays running. Right. Uh, I agree. I'm really looking forward to the Trackhawk, though, too. Um,. Let's see. Oh, oh, this is what I thought. So towards the end of the podcast, if I have like some gear stuff to talk about. So on the last solo podcast, I mentioned that I was testing out a new camera bag, travel bag. So I thought I told him like, oh, maybe I'll update on this because I'm really curious about this bag because I'm always trying to find better travel solutions. Oh, I'm just I'm just looking at the screen, making sure we're still good. Okay, That's all. yeah, your face was like we weren't. That's why. No, I no, no, no. Oh, sorry, no, I did not uh, mean to indicate that. Uh, <laughs> see, so. So I thought if we – this isn't something that's going to happen all the time, but there's other people who listen to this who might be into travel slash camera video gear. So if I have something new to talk about, I thought I would bring it up. So, so I've got I'm, this innovative company I want to tell you about. They're called Pelican. <laughs> well, that's what I'm, one of the things I'm switching out. I've had the Pelican backpack for a while now, mm-hmm. and it's just so goddamn bulky. And then it doesn't hold clothes as well, so I have to have a clothes bag and a camera bag. Mm-hmm. So I switched, and I was just doing like basic camera gear in a North Face backpack and then, a, and then luggage. I always wanted to find there, – like there had to be a bag – And I'm not getting paid. I paid to buy this bag. And it was expensive as fuck. So I'm not getting paid to tell you this. I would tell you if I was getting paid to tell you something. And I very clearly fucking paid this money begrudgingly. Yeah. Um, So this company's Wander, W-A-N-D-R-D. And they they make some cool-looking backpacks. But this is a combination, like, backpack slash duffel bag deal. And it's Mm -hmm. a clamshell duffel bag. So on one side... There's a zippered part where you could put clothes. Okay. And on the other side, there's these two squares. And then they make these camera cubes that can fit in those squares but are also removable. So I'm, I was always, I've been intrigued with this bag for about a year. And then I was like, fuck it. i got to get this bag. And it, I'm going to sell my Pelican bag to offset the cost of this new bag because it was expensive. Um, but if it gets me down to one travel bag, I'm, in my head it's worth it. Uh, so I got the camera cubes for it and all this shit and I just used it to go to Colorado mm-hmm. and it was super comfortable on my back. I had some heavier clothes than I would want cause it was cold. It was fucking, it's the winter in Colorado. Yeah. Um, and I fit the one, I used one of the camera cubes in one of the slots and in the other slot I put like, uh, a dop kit and a pair of boots. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the one camera cube, I had two GoPros, a GoPro mount, a Karma Grip, a Zoom Audio, GoPro charger, and then uh, the little Pelican memory card holder. So, I mean, a decent amount of shit mm-hmm. for what I was doing. Um, and then the other side, I had uh, clothes. Um, and then there are little pockets here and there. You could put the back strap, backpack straps away if you want. In the main pack, if you get it open, you can get into a, a computer access thing. So you can store yeah. your, your laptop in so the slot. So what does this run? 
Uh, I think it starts at 270 It's an expensive bag. Um, and then with the camera cubes, I was – and then I think I paid for faster shipping because I wanted it before my trip. So I was close to 400 Okay. The Pelican was 200 and I'm hoping to sell it for like 100 I don't know. Oh, yeah, eBay, it shouldn't be that big a but deal. But also it's a tax write-off for me. So it is. That. Um, it's a tool, dude. I mean, it's a tool. when it comes I'm to work, tool. if you're looking I'm, at a I'm tool. A, I thought it was going to be a tool for buying it. But first trip down yeah. in cold weather, so heavier gear in terms of your clothing, yeah. and it passed the fucking test. And it fit overhead. Yep. And in one plane, I was on a smaller regional. I was like, fuck, they're going to make me like gate check this or something. I happened to be in the first row of economy with no one next to me on an Ombre Air 175, I think it was. So this is the type of plane where the overhead sucks, and then it's the rows. It's one uh, uh, aisle and then two, you mm-hmm. know, so like three seats across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was on the side of two, and the guy said, just stuff it under the, the, the back of the first class seat, and it fit. Like barely, like I had to fucking squeeze it in there, but it it fit. So it it's a it soaks up a ton of shit. So I'm super stoked on it. And when I got to my destination, I could leave the bag in my room and take the camera cube out and bring that with me with my sh- my gear already organized. Uh, here's the thing that I've come to with like stuff like that for work that ends up actually saving you time, money, and energy. Right. Is like don't debate over it for like oh, weeks. I debated. It was expensive. I, I know you <laughs> on that stuff. Believe me, I've done the same thing. But over the years, I've I've come to learn like just pull the trigger and buy it because you're wasting more time and energy worrying about it and thinking about it than you you you'd get the benefit of just having it and using the tool. I watched their product video of this thing like a hundred yeah. times. Just like fuck, I mean, is this gonna work? Um, so that's the bag. It's the Wandered Access because there's two duffels. I got the Wandered Access duffel. And I can actually, and I've had these for a couple of years now, and they've I've beat the shit out of them. Um, there is a really nice alternative to the Pelican stuff, uh, in that uh, Monoprice.com, which is the company that makes cables. all the cables and right. like sell like any computer cable you could know to man or any AV cable, they're really good for that stuff. Um, I buy their Pelican type cases, their hard roller right. cases, and they're every bit as good as a Pelican, and they're like. A third to a quarter of the cost. Oh, it's like how like Yeti is the name brand. And yeah, all the. Yeti I mean, I've taken them to SEMA. I literally got pissed off at SEMA one day and threw no. a hard case no. down the es- escalator. That seems adult of you. <laughs> I, I didn't say I'm always Fuck reasonable. Borla. Uh, yeah, I didn't say I was always reasonable, but I did that, and uh, I'm like, this is a nice case. Uh, it worked well. Awesome. It worked well. It didn't even have a scuff on it. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I like I like Pelican as a brand. I, I've I've had they're the just cases. too they're overpriced. I though. Just the backpack the the big the big it's funny the bigger case case you get like the price doesn't balloon so it's almost worth it to buy the bigger shit but then it's harder to travel with it it's all, it's weird about yeah that. that's the problem with hard cases it's a portability issue yeah. I've sold my big Pelican 1610 already, and now – because I haven't traveled with that for years, and then I need to sell this backpack. Um, oh, and then finally, the other piece of – no, two more pieces of gear. Sorry. It's a new segment. Tell us if you hate it. You could have already signed off, which is the case. But if you like this, also let us know. Um, I flew a Mavic Air today, which is DJI's yeah, newest yeah. drone. Borrowed it. Uh, I was shooting the Jeep Wrangler. Got some gorgeous shots. This might be the first drone I buy. This thing is fucking awesome. Yeah. It is. I could easily put it in that bag. 
I could put it in my fucking pocket. The thing is so small. But it is very capable. Uh, really, really impressive drone. I, so I'm really... When you see my, my review, not the truck central review, because that's a bit more just basic um, in terms of, like, that's how those reviews are. The Hooniverse review of the Wrangler, we got some really cool drone shots that I'm very excited to cut together. Um, so the Mavic Air, ooh, I think this might be my first drone once I recover my funds from buying this bag. I would love to own a drone, but I have no practical reason to have one. I do. I actually do. Like, I, I've waited so long to, I'm like, nah, somebody else, I'll borrow it. And then I was just, I, I wish I had one at the Stinger event. I, I, I'm almost inclined to build my own just because <laughs> I had I had friends that were doing that years ago. And it's not, like, crazy difficult to do. And you can do all kinds of cool shit. Right. And it costs, like, way less money. Sure. But, I mean, you're doing the work. But it's kind of like... You know, it's just a fun project, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, it's totally not practical, especially yeah. for somebody like you that's going to travel with it. But I would totally do it just for, for the fuck Shits of it. and giggles, yeah. No, it was, it's, if anybody out there is interested in drone, go check out the air. Now, finally, the last bit of gear thing, and this is like a real weird one. Um, I've had my Audio-Technica ATH-M50Xs for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought these to replace my M50s, not the Xs, because the m50 with the fixed cable when i broke the cable and i think i gave them to joe q oh yeah yeah you did yeah so the m50x has the replaceable cable i haven't had a problem with cable but this is the first pair of like nice headphones that i've managed to keep for a long time yeah point where the ear pads started like the materials flaking off they're all worn out amazon replacement ear pads so i i googled because i was curious and i kept going back and forth again because people like they change the sound but they're the most comfortable things ever they don't really change this one these ones did but it's just where it just reduced the bass a little bit because of the space between your ear and the thing yeah but it's still like it almost it almost cleaned the sound up and they're they have this velour memory foam these ear pads are fucking amazing yeah so far yeah, I, I've I've replaced pads on a few headphones over the years. I got my Sennheiser HD 500s, which I've had for 10, 12 years, right. uh, and those are pretty good. But over the last four or five years, I've been using my Sony's, I believe they're the HD 509s. Every music studio in the world, every pro- professional, audio professional uses these headphones. Right. They're the ones sitting at my desk right now. They're usually about $90, so you don't have to spend yeah, crazy Sony's money on – You don't have to spend crazy money. And that is – like if you are listening to an album, there's a very, very solid chance it was too- all the engineering and everything was done on those headphones. Yeah. So like if you want to go back to like – especially with audio people, they get into purity and right. big quotes – well, there's no purer way than listening to it than the way the, the way that the engineers that made the album did. Right, right. And they're incredible headphones for the money. Right. So I'm kind of of the opinion now that like any any I mean you have your preference for the Audio Technicas, yeah. but I'm kind of of the opinion now that like buying anything beyond those Sony's is is really just kind of for your own ego. Yeah, I can um, see that. It they're just perfect right and there's it's, even cheaper sony's right the 706s i think everybody says are like the best entry level ones uh I yeah think. but i mean these are relatively inexpensive so it's like you know for like that 20 dollar difference that you'll pay on some of this stuff um and, and back to mono price for if you want really cheap headphones they're like 15 dollars 
their like closed back cans. Well, that's are actually incredibly the, good I'm for the money. Going through forums trying to find which ear pads I should get. The, everybody says the like the budget super headphone, like talking dirt cheap college kid, yep. but you want good sound. Is you buy those mono price headphones and swap in these. I don't remember which ear pads because it changes the dynamics on your ear. Yeah, and they're like that. It basically makes it like a. An we we used. I mean, those were the headphones we used at TST for five years. Right. Um, I have. No complaints with them, and to be honest, they're only marginally worse than really expensive headphones. Right. Oh, and just so anybody was curious about the earpads I bought, they're the uh, from Brainwaves, and they're the HM5 Velour memory foams. I got them on Amazon. They same day delivery, which is one of the most amazing things possible. <laughs> yeah, I want these. Oh, cool! They'll be here in uh, ten hours. That's Great. one of the things you get really spoiled living in Los Angeles on is yeah. like Amazon shipping. You can get so much shit same day or next day. Like I'll order stuff at three o'clock in the morning and I'll have it at nine a.m. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, and that's technically that goes under next day too. It's yeah. crazy. I don't know how they they count that as next day, but six hours later. Um, let me, let us know if you. We're not going to do that tech shit all the time. Not tech shit. The gear shit. Um, all the time, but I just had a few things I want to talk about. Yeah, if you guys ever have questions bag. about like what equipment we use, please fire away. And we'll save that for the end, so if we start talking about it, the, the rest of you have already heard about it. goes cars, for like, like tools and shit. stuff, too, because I'm a big tool geek. I've got so many. Okay, anytime you get a new tool, feel free to bring it up. Um, the... Um, but yeah, that's that's two forty one. Chris, tell everybody about Shout Engine. And uh, as usual, if you want to do a podcast, go over to shoutengine.com. We'll hook you up for free. Uh, I have been working on a rewrite for quite some time on that. Uh, in the meanwhile, also running my other company, Guardian Circle. Uh, and if you are any sort of a cryptocurrency kind of investor or a geek on that stuff, we have launched a coin called Guardium, uh, and our whitelist sale is open right now. Um, and we've been doing very, very well fundraising on that, and it closes on uh, basically, the whitelist closes on March 20th, and that's when we start our what we call whitelist sale. I'm not saying another kind of sale because there are legal implications for it, but suffice to say, if you are – and this, the unfortunate thing is, is it's not open to Americans because of SEC regulations. But if you are any sort of a geek on that stuff, you can get a killer deal on our tokens right now. So There you go. Um Follow me on Twitter at Jay Glucker. Follow at The Real Hooniverse. Follow me on Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. Um, go to our YouTube channel. Go to Hooniverse.com. Read our shit. Go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast um, and do all that fun stuff. Go to our Patreon if you're feeling bored. Um, I never really push that, uh, even though they're better than everybody else. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I hope everybody – like I feel bad because somebody mentioned that on something – like I'm 99 percent sure everybody knows that's a joke, and I it's just me giving like a little bit of appreciation to all the Patreon people, um, who I'm sure I'm st- I still owe stickers to a bunch of people, and I I'm, I'm, I will figure that out soon. Um, uh, but I, I lo- we love you all equally, except no, but really Patreon is better than everybody. Else. Yeah, and I'm going to be releasing <laughs> uh, I'm going to release a bonus episode here soon that I did with my buddy Joe Cucar, aka yeah. Joe Cariotti. Um, the uh, audio on it is a little bit not where I want to be because we did it online as an experiment. Oh, okay. Um, no, this would be interesting to see that. We did it online as an experiment to see how it went. Um, 
and Joe was promoting his own uh, car show right now. And as we're speaking, uh, by the time you know, after this episode, before the next episode, Joe will very likely have a brand new baby in the house. So, oh. congratulations to those guys. They're hey. very him and his wife Sarah are very good friends. Um, yes, and, longtime friends of the show. Yeah, they've been. Joe's the other man behind Shout Engine, right? So there you um, go. Um, so that's two forty one. I uh, will. We'll see you next week. Should be just a normal episode. No travel. Uh, so bye. Bye. <laughs>